When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. I want to thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. If you get a chance throughout this episode, like, download, subscribe, share, all those kind of things, it really helps us out. We actually have some big news this episode, not just for me personally, but also for you guys, because we finally figured out our fantasy football promotion. And for some, that could be financially rewarding, And even if it's not financially rewarding for you, it can at least be emotionally rewarding in the sense that you can watch people try really hard at something and fail miserably. And as long as that's not something serious, I find that to always be entertaining. The big news for me is that for the second time, I'm going to be a dad. My wife and I are expecting our second child in February. There's video of this, of me finding out up on our Facebook page. But when I found out, I was terrified. And my honest reaction was, shit. And I think that's fine. Because if you don't have that reaction of, shit, then you are not spending enough time with your child. And not necessarily even children, like any kind of significant relationship. If you have a wife, a husband, a significant other, whatever, and you have not thought at least once or twice of just getting in the car, driving off, never looking back, never coming back, you have not invested enough in that relationship. The crazy thing I think about having a second child is that now my life really has to change. The bio has to change, so to speak. Like before I could be, I was a guy that happened to be a dad. Now I'm a dad who happens to do other things. My life is basically over as I knew it. And even with the first child, I think that was the case. Like your life, your life is over. But your life also begins in a different way. My wife and I knew that we were ready to have kids because suddenly everything just started, started to feel like it was pointless. Like, why are we doing this? I've always thought that 90% of your life is basically just bullshit. You're just going through the actions required to continue to be alive. Doing laundry, sitting at work, at the computer, going shopping. All of those kind of things are kind of just meaningless outside of continuing to be alive. Like you have to do that to continue to be alive. When you have a kid, 
all of those things that were meaningless are suddenly not anymore. That's probably one of the coolest things about it. Like everything you do suddenly has a purpose. Just to give you an example, all week I look forward to Friday morning when me and my son go and buy cheese at the grocery store. That, that's amazing. I love doing that and watching how excited he gets over getting a piece of cheese. The other day we spent an hour throwing a basketball up on the roof, watching it roll down, and then he goes and chases it, gets it, comes back, hugs my leg, and just goes, more, 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 more. So all of the big things you can't do anymore once you have children, but all of the little things become extremely rewarding. The concern going forward with the second child is losing any kind of identity that my wife and I had outside of having children. Like now you're just, you're just a dad. You're just a mom. And that's going to be kind of the challenging thing for us to figure out. So coming up in this episode, we're going to talk to John Shaw, and he is going to say the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard. It's the most ridiculous thing, not only that I've ever heard him say, but I think anybody. I do not understand how he can think this way. Our top 10 is going to be about fantasy football, and we're going to tell you about that fantasy football promotion. But the first thing that we want to get into, I'm always obsessed with this idea of people's dreams versus the reality of it. Like growing up, you want to do this. When does reality set in? Do you let reality set in or do you kind of keep pushing forward for those dreams? So we're going to talk to two people. One of them, the first one, is actor Tim Millard. And he's somebody that kind of put reality first and the dream second. And now, at an age when most people are letting reality come in, he's pursuing that dream that he's always had. And I want to find out really what motivated to do him to do that and how he keeps doing that. Is this the legendary Tim Millard? This is the legendary Nick Vinzant. <laughs> What's up, man? Not much. Not much. How about yourself? Not too bad. When's the last time that you and I would have even seen each other or spoken to each other? Probably in Orlando. That's five, six years ago now? Yeah, that would be five years ago. Chasing the dream. Like, what are you trying to do right now? Well, what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to become an established actor. Maybe I'm not a marquee role or winning awards or anything like that, but I'm doing enough of what I love in order to, you know, keep a roof over my head. How, now have, has this been something that you've always wanted to do? This is something that I have wanted to do since I was a child. I grew up on watching, I, I watched a lot of movies growing up as a child. I watched cartoons and... I always thought, you know what, I'll bet you I could do that. And, you know, for the longest time, it was one of those things that was just in the back of my head. What if, what if, what if? And then about, let's see here, about three, four years ago, I finally decided, you know what, I'm tired of being unhappy and having that nagging thought in my head of what if, what if, what if. I'm just going to jump in and, you know, what the hell, I'm going to give this a shot. And if it turns out that, it's not to be, then fine, it's not to be, but at least I'm not going to, you know, quite frankly, go to my deathbed with that whole what if in the back of my head. Why didn't you pursue it earlier? I didn't think that I had what it took to be an actor. And by that I mean, 
quite frankly, I didn't think I had the looks. And I just had a lot of self-doubts that I, I can't do that. I'm not that type of person. Yeah, you know, why should I try? Because I don't have the look and I'm not going to make it. And that was primarily what was holding me back. I lit practicality in my own annoying, aggravating, unnecessary self-doubts get in my way. And it, it took a long time for me to get past all of that. But, you know, once I did, it was almost like it was almost like in Shawshank Redemption when Tim, uh, Tim Robbins' character, Andy Dufresne, breaks out of prison and you see him uh, standing in that stream and it's raining on him and he's got his hands out with a big smile on his face. That's what it was like when I finally realized, you know what, I'm the one who's holding myself back. I got to jump in there. I always see you post about like this dad's garage. Was that the first time that you kind of went for it, or how did you go about doing that? I took this free class, and I remember we were all standing on on stage, and there was just something about being on that stage that just it hit me like a, a truck doing 75 and a 25. It hit me, and right then and there, I realized... This, this feels like home to me, being here on the stage. Have you ever had any kind of discouragement towards it? I mean, have you ever thought like, okay, this isn't going to happen? Oh, yeah, there have been setbacks. And I knew that going into this, that I knew there were going to be people who were going to close the door and say, sorry, you didn't get it, or sorry, for whatever reason, we're not going to hire you. I've been on a lot of auditions here in Atlanta, and I don't get it. And I know going into it that there is a very good chance that I'm probably not going to get it. But it's not necessarily because of me. But if I can, can, if I can do the best job with the things that I can control, then I look at it as I, I gave it my all, and that's that. All I know is that all I can do is the best that I can do. And if I know I did that, then I'm just going to keep going, no matter how many times I audition for something and uh, and I don't get it because one of these days, I know a door is going to open up. So you're how old now? Oh God, I'm old. I'm 37. You so that would have made you what, like 32 when you started trying? Um, let's see here. Actually, more like about 34 is when I first really started jumping into improv when I started at SAC. Do you do you ever feel like, well, if I would have started at 22, maybe things would have been different? Or do you feel like this is just the way that it that it kind of worked out? This is the way that it kind of worked out. I mean, I could I could second guess and, you know, hindsight 2020 and everything like that. But who knows what would have happened if I had started earlier? Maybe, you know, as a younger person, I'm in a different mindset and, oh, I didn't get something. And now, you know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do this anymore. And. Who knows, maybe I was five feet away from the, you know, the door that led to the treasure room, so to speak. Yeah, like you would have, you, you might have given up too soon. Exactly. Did all of your family members, close friends, did they know about this, or was this something that you kind of kept more to yourself? I, I started out just, you know, keeping it to myself. And then I let my family and cl- uh, close friends know, and a lot of them said, you know, it's about time you did that. Like, yeah, I wasn't looking for their approval. I was going to do this whether they said yes or no. But, you know, to hear from family and friends that, 
yeah, you, sh- you should have done this a long time ago. Good for you. Keep going. It, it gave me that little extra boost of, yeah, you know what? They're right. I am right. Let's do this. Have you ever had somebody discourage you from it? No, I've never had anyone discourage me from it. The only person who's ever discouraged me was myself, and that was that was a long time ago, and I'm beyond that. You know, we often hear about failure is not an option. Don't do it if you can't do it. Well, how do you know whether you can do it or not unless you can do it? One of the things that I learned starting off studying improv at SAC Comedy Lab is that you don't have to be afraid of the unknown. You don't have to be afraid of when things unexpectedly don't turn out the way that you thought they would. Sometimes taking the biggest risks comes with the, the biggest rewards. And God, if, if you don't do it, if you don't take that first step, then I mean, that's, that's all on you. Just do it. You may be terrified. You may be scared out of your mind. But I think the bigger fear is going to be a few years down the road when you think to yourself, oh, what if I, what if I took that chance? Do you think that you could have gone your whole life without doing this? Or was it always in the back of your mind? You know what? Sooner or later, I would have given it a shot. Um, it's just a matter of how soon it took me to basically change my, my view on things and accept the fact that, yeah, you know, sometimes the unknown happens. And Do you feel like you've succeeded simply by trying to do it? Absolutely. If you were in a position, though, where you essentially like, okay, you could maybe make the acting thing work, but you have to quit the day job, could you do that? I could and I would. Do you ever feel like the day job is holding you back maybe from pursuing it more? Actually, yes. My my schedule changed at my job where I'm working a night shift now, and that basically cut off a lot of opportunities that I had for uh, performing at improv shows during the week. But the way that I looked at it was, all right, so this has happened. How am I going to make the best of this? There, There always is a way. You know, it's... So it's a roadblock. Fine, I'll I'll find a detour. So have you you've been acting mostly in like improv shows, or what kind of stuff have you done? Well, I've done mostly improv shows, and tomorrow I'm actually going to be in my first film role in Atlanta for a sketch comedy show that's uh, filming a couple of sketches just outside the city. Uh, I'm actually playing the role of Socrates in a couple of sketches about what happens when. You take old Greek philosophers from, you know, prehistoric times and you put them in modern day society. It kind of seems like you grind out forever and then something can change in a heartbeat. You just got to keep going because sooner or later that finish line is going to pop up. And the last thing you want to do is stop the race when you're, you know, two feet away from the finish line. Big thing I would add is it's, it's never too late. It is absolutely never too late to say, you know what? This is something that I've always wanted to do. Don't let yourself doubt get in the way. Just keep pushing forward. And if there's no one else rooting for you, at least you should be rooting for yourself because there's no one else is going to make you do it except you. So just, for the love of God, get out there and do it before it's too late. Last two questions. How much do you bench press? 
<laughs> um, all of it. Is the hot dog a sandwich? No, I don't consider it a sandwich. want to thank actor Tim Millard for joining us. And now we're going to go ahead and we're going to call a guy that I know and get the flip side of that. We're going to call Eric, and this is somebody that has this dream, and he's always had this dream, but he finds himself in a position where he can't get himself to go after that. So let's go ahead and call him. And before I call him, Eric and I have kind of a unique dynamic in that he once paid me a dollar to be his life coach, so I kind of yell at him more than people really should, but that's just how we get along, so... Don't 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 put a lot of stock into that. Hello. Why are you calling from that number? Because I get better reception on this phone. Oh. What are you doing right now? Well, that makes sense. What are you doing right now? Uh, I just poured myself a glass of orange juice. How big of a glass? I don't know, about 10 ounces, I think. I don't really know any adults that still drink juice. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Big fan. It's 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 my go-to every week. Do you have a glass a day, or what do you do? Uh, I'd say I have a glass every other day. Because you're limiting yourself, or because? Yeah, limiting, limiting. Too much sugar, man. Too much sugar. So tell me the dream. It's first of all, can I just say? No. Okay. So what's the dream? I'd love to still be able to say. I could be a, a play-by-play sports announcer for a network. But that's not going to happen. So I've had to modify the dream. But I thought that you had always wanted to be like a sports announcer. Always. Still do. For the last 25 years. Uh, can I give you a quick story and try to make it quick? Do, do your best. So when I was five, I remember sitting on the couch at home watching the NBA Finals. I had just turned five years old. It's June of 92. And there, Michael Jordan puts on this incredible performance at the, at, the, at the United Center in Chicago in game one of the NBA Finals against the Portland Trailblazers. And he has that iconic uh, flip of the hands, like, I don't know what's going on. I, I can't explain what I'm doing either. And he... I, I was so fixated on that game. But more than that, I was fixated on Marv Albert's call. The truth, 100%. And for the last 25 years, that's what I wanted to do. Why not? It's not per- going to happen, Nick. But how do you know it won't happen if you don't really kind of pursue that avenue? Because I've, I've, because I've decided to pursue something else. It's just really difficult for me to somehow give up on what I'm doing now and then start at the very bottom of this incredible possible path and and maybe get to it or maybe not. And it's the fear, I'll be honest with you, it's the fear of failure at that, at, at, at the sport, at the, at the sports broadcasting, at not getting to the level that I want that's holding me back from doing it at all. You've almost already failed simply because you haven't done it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like my brother. And I get it. I get it. I, I'd love to do it. But I don't see... I'm, I'm a very realistic person. I really am. And I don't see that path 
I, I, I don't see it happening. You're afraid to try it or that maybe you really don't want it as much as you think you do? I think I'm afraid to try it. No, I want it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I've, I, I, I will say this. I've wanted it a little less since I've, I've kind of found that, uh, you know, political niche. How often do you think about it? Do you think about it every day, once a week, once a month? Several times a week. Every time, look, every time I'm watching a game, I'm somehow breaking out into, not necessarily announcing each and every shot, but, you know, there is, there is that breakout. I mean, I, I even do it sometimes, honestly, I do it in the edit bay at work. Why not just try it? Like, what, what do you, you don't necessarily have to be super successful. Like, what if you try it at a high school football game and you just, you love it? Like, that's, and that's good and that's fine. Like, at least you did it. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I, I guess I could try it. I'd still need time to be able to do that. I mean, I, I, I'm not really, on most things, I have to be honest, I'm not really a half-ass kind of guy. Um, I, I mean, I'd still need some time to, to, to uh, prepare, you know? And I guess I could. I, I mean, I, you know, you're right. You're right. I, I could try it. I think you go for it, Eric. Yeah, that might be. You know, that might be a, a decent, uh, might be a decent piece of advice. That might be one of the first pieces of advice that you give. You know, it, it's interesting that that the actor that we talked to, Tim, he said that really that ultimately he found out the only thing that was standing in his way was him. That's very interesting. It's very interesting. You never you know. know. Well, that's the thing. I think that, that, that everyone is a failure until they're suddenly not. Is that, is, that, is that what you think of yourself? No, not necessarily. I think that everyone fails at something until you don't, and the transition between that can take half a second. It could. It could take half a second, but it could take 10 to 20 years, or it could, it could never happen. And I'm not convinced that I want to want to do the ten to twenty year path. I mean, I'd love to try it. I would love to do it. I'd go right now. I mean, I'm off today. I'd go right now if there was a. But whether or not I want to take the long road to get to where I think or I want to get to, that's that's tough. No, I think that that's pretty common for a lot of of people as they transition into their thirties that reality starts to set in and life didn't work out the way that they thought that it was going to. Yes. I, I don't think it worked out the way I thought it was going to from my, from my dream at five years old. But I don't know if it's that far off from what I, I anticipated. Yes, but you're right. You know, you've got to try. Do you think that you haven't pursued, pursued it though? Maybe because you ultimately feel that you will and the timing has just not been right yet? Or do you feel like the opportunity has been missed? <sighs> Ooh, that's a really tough question. I feel as well, I feel like it's a combination of both, but I feel it's much more the latter at this point. I mean I think I think if if if, if I had a chance to do it all over again, I'd 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 pursue the sports angle really hard because I know I could do this. I know I could be good at it. But why not then just 
just do it. There's never going to be a right time. What I guess the oh. ultimate question is, though, is that if what huh. what if the end of your life you look back and you never did this? Would I have a lot of regret? Yeah. Yes. Then I think you got to go for it, man. At least, or at least something. I mean, call a grade school game. A grade school game. Why not? What if? Here's the thing. Here's the thing that I kind of look at is that what if you went and called a grade school game and it turns out you hated it and like this was awful. I don't want to do this at all. Then at least you've at least you've done it or you did it. Because there's been some things in my life that I thought, wow, I really want to do that. And then I did it, and I don't ever want to do that again. Like what? I used to go rock climbing, you know, some pretty big walls when I was younger. And I thought that that was something that I really wanted to do until I was up on them. And then realized I'm not enjoying this at all. But you don't find that out until you go and do that. Sure. Sure. Well... Who knows? I, I could, I could, I could look to see if there's a. I, I, I wouldn't set my sights on a grade school game. That's about it for this. Here's the ultimate questions. You ready? Throw it at me. How much you bench? How much I bench these days? Oh God, I. A lot of stalling. I'm, 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 I'm lucky if I could bench fifty pounds at this point. Yeah, you, you should. You should work on that. I think. Should probably... I should, but I mean, hey, 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 hey. I'm not saying if I don't have my integrity. No, I, I appreciate it. I think that that's I'm very... Honest. You're. I think that's very remarkable that you would admit to that. It's true. I would have lied and at least said 55. Okay, so now we're going to go ahead and call my friend John Shaw, and it's going to be a little bit different this week because, because of John Shaw's terrible timing... An inability to seem to be able to schedule things, I have to do this from the side of a road in a place that is a town but only actually has one McDonald's in it that appears to be closed. So, we're going to go ahead and give John Shaw a call and see exactly what he's been doing because he said he had a very busy day. So let's find out what's been going on. God, that was awkward. Why was it awkward? Just the way that you said hello kind of sounded like a gay British butler. Hello, mate. That's Australian. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting any better at it. What accent can you do the best? Probably the Australian one. All right, let's hear it. Hello, Mike. Gonna have a shrimp on the barbie. I feel like you start out strongly with it, but then really towards the end it gets bad. Yeah, you're probably absolutely right on that. What was your dream growing up? My dream? What was your dream? I wanted to be an X-Man. <laughs> what would you be like, uh, Speedy Gonzalez? No, I don't remember what I wanted to be, but I remember because I went to Catholic school praying for mutant powers and not getting them. I always wanted to be a uh, professional baseball player after uh, Ken Griffey Jr. 
when did you when did you realize that that dream had ended about seven when my father would look at me and go you know you're gonna be nothing in life it's, I'm gonna not even I'm not gonna even pretend you're my son anymore so it's really interesting that you bring up your dad because I don't know if you well you have but up on the profoundly pointless Facebook page we have a poll that says your dad is 50 you're 18 can you take him and a number of people have voted you said no your brother said yes <laughs> uh, well that's that's because my brother's eight, uh, 18 17 he's 17 and he's uh, probably still has that young fire in him you know what I mean you think he's overestimating his abilities or are you underestimating yours Underestimating mine, I would I would definitely be overestimating his. But you didn't have like okay. Once you realized that you weren't going to be a professional athlete, you didn't have something else that you ever like. This is this is the thing that I really want to do. I mean, if if as a child, no. But as an adult, I I think the the dream for me is just to just to live every day, man. Just to just to enjoy it, you know. To be honest, if you could just drop me and my family off in the middle of an island with no social media and you know nothing, that'd be great. That that would that would be my a dream. I think a lot of people set it way too high, uh, not realizing you know that most dreams will will never happen. I mean, I would love to have a billion dollars, so I would never have to worry again. That's never going to happen. A lot of people they have these dreams early on as they start out and then as they kind of start to pursue them they realize that maybe that's not really what they want and I'm not trying to say don't be ambitious and don't go after what you want that's not what I'm saying however I I think as you get older your dreams change your ambitions change now being an X-Men I mean that's that's fantasy right so that I think has a little bit more of a not a blanket but like more of a cover of you know you can dream about being able to see through walls or you know or whatever you know breathe underwater kind of thing those are probably the two lamest superpowers that you could come up with okay what what if you if if uh if you were had to have one superpower but just one which one would it be you go flight that's easy flight every time you said breathing underwater is, is lame, but flying is better? Are you going to try to tell me that you would rather breathe underwater than be able to fly? Yes, a thousand percent. Why? That's ridiculous. Why would I want to fly? Why, Why? wouldn't Why you would want to I... fly? You want to just go underwater? You just sit in a swimming pool at the bottom and that's what you want to do? No, I could be like, you know what, I'm going to cross this channel and go from that country to that country. But if Underwater. you but if you can fly, you can just you can do the same thing except above the water. I'm not saying that I, I don't disagree with with that. I'm just saying that I think being able to breathe underwater is a lot cooler than flying. That might honestly be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Well, then you haven't lived, okay? Because it's not that ridiculous. I just I don't even know what to say. You, but you can't what but you can't swim fast. You're just Well, well, man, I, man, you don't need to swim fast. 
is take a good old time fucking in the water. But it would take you, you know, like six months to swim anywhere. Do you know? Well, no, I would get like a, a little scooter or something, and and it would it would propel me. Are you, you are you trying to tell me that it would not be badass to be like you know what? Check this out, and then you just disappear under the water. Uh, not listen. Here, here's how I would look at it. If you're trying to land a lady friend or a guy friend, if that's your thing, and you've got one guy that can fly and one guy that can just go underwater, the guy who can fly is getting it every single time. See, I think there's too much of a risk. What are you gonna do? Like strap him or her? to your back or, or to your front and, and just say, hey, we're going to take off. Like, that's going to scare the shit out of somebody. Or you can say, hey, check this out. Like, I'm going to give you a, a scuba kit and we're going to, like, take a trip under the ocean or in the ocean. How is that not risky? Because they could drown. No, they have an apparatus that will allow them to breathe. But you could have an apparatus that would allow you to fly. And you can fly. Listen, I'm, once again, I'm not disputing the fact that flying would be cool, but comparing it to being able to breathe underwater, it's second. And I don't think that's the lamest superpower, by the way. I really don't. If Okay, but here's what I'm what, what I going to ask you. If you could breathe underwater, though, would you also have to be wearing goggles as you went underneath? Maybe. Well, yes. See, that ruins it. Because you can't, uh, unless you can just turn yourself into like, you know, like an amphibian, or like a like a like a fish man, but you but we can only have one power, so that like you know, I don't doesn't encompass the whole thing. The problem is, is that I imagine flying. I'm going all over the place. You can hold your breath underwater, and you're just sitting at the bottom of a swimming pool. But that's not true. That's not true at all. You're being too simple-minded with that. You know what? Goggles on, or be 4K vision. It'd be be badass. What's your tip of the week? Now it is time for the tip of the week. John Shaw is here with the tip of the week. His ideas are so big, you can only handle the tip. So here he is with just. The tip of the week. So my tip of the week actually goes to something we were talking about uh, uh, the last couple of weeks about driving yet again. Uh, And this involves having a flat tire. Uh, Tip of the week. When changing a flat tire, make sure that you have the jack uh, correctly placed <laughs> underneath the axle <laughs> when you go to lift the car up and when you leave the said uh, jack, make sure that it is correctly placed or the car will fall down and almost crush your foot. <laughs> I, I've always thought about that happening and then double checked and not had that happen. You gotta be careful. You got. You gotta be careful. In your defense, was the car on any sort of slope? Uh, no, not oh. at all. Yeah, that makes it worse. Did you? 
Did you think I've changed a tire before? I've got this. I don't need to look and do it, or did you actually check like the use the owner's manual? Well, here's the thing. You lost the owner's uh, manual. Uh, yeah, I have no idea where it is. That that's the beginning. The second part is uh, uh, arrogance. And it's funny how things that we've done. I mean, I've only changed a flat tire or a tire probably a half dozen times. Whatever. Enough to think I know what I'm doing. But, like usual, like everything else in life, uh, when you get cocky or arrogant towards something, that's when you let your guard down and something happens. Your car or your wife's car? Uh, my car. Was she there? Uh, no, but I did call her, uh, which is part of the funny uh, of this, is that I call her and I'm like, ah, I got a flat tire. Uh, you know, I told her I'd already changed it Ooh. before I had changed it because I was so confident that it was going to take me, you know, 15 minutes. So we had one top 10 that we were going to do, but you want to substitute it with something else. What is it? But I was thinking with college football starting this week. Okay. And obviously the NFL starting in a week and a half. So I was thinking uh, of, a, of a different kind of top 10 would be top 10 signs that your fantasy football team sucks before the first game's even played. Okay. All right. So you you go ahead and start. All right. So first uh, first one would be uh, waking up the next morning and not knowing who you drafted after the first three picks. Yeah. You're that inebriated. I would say I'd say that's probably pretty high up there. Like you can for completely forget picks seven through whatever. But you need to know at least who you drafted in the first two rounds. The first one that I'm going to come up with just off the top of my head is if less than three players on your team have some sort of criminal behavior or charges or something like that. Now, do you know it going in and drafting them, or do you not know it? I don't think it matters. I think, And it doesn't have to be any kind of a conviction, but they need to have some sort of criminal suspicion about them. You have less than three of those. It's not going to be a good team. I couldn't agree more. I'll piggyback that and put another one of mine, which is uh, not paying attention to the week's preseason games and drafting players that are injured. And the person is so excited that they drafted this person, and everyone goes, wow, you're an idiot. That person just broke their leg. I had my draft on Sunday. Three of my top players are all listed as questionable. What else you got? This is the biggest one for me personally is you get to that point after the first few rounds and you draft players that you've had in the past years that you've hated, but you know that they're going to get you some kind of points. So instead of taking the chance and drafting other new players that you've never had, you go with the same old assholes and you hate yourself because you really don't want to get them, but you get them because you know there's going to be some kind of points that come out of them. Even though halfway through the season, we're going to have this conversation again, probably. And I'm going to tell you, fucking Lamar Miller, I've had him the last three years, and he's sucked ass every year. Why did I draft him again? If you keep drafting the same shitty players? Yeah, like, it's just a thing. I I don't know why I do it, but I do it. My next one is going to be any team without Sebastian Janikowski. (laughs) 
He's not even in the league anymore. That is a lie. I looked during my fantasy football draft. He got picked up by the Seattle Seahawks. He is the number one kicker. He is on my team, drafted in the fifth round for no other reason than to make sure that I got Sebastian Janikowski. You drafted a kicker in the fifth round? This is also piggyback on the signs that you know your team is bad. When your wife, who was literally watching an Arizona Cardinals game for half the game, and then turns and asks what time do the Cardinals come on, convinces you to draft the kicker because she got one in the third round and you should pick up one when strike while the iron is hot, basically. <laughs> it just starts the down slope. One person takes the kicker, then everyone takes the kicker. She was pretty convincing in that, like, well, I want to get a good one, so I might as well get him now. I was like, well, I better snatch up Janikowski. Oh, my God. Wow, that's uh, that's ridiculous, and that is why uh, your wife will probably beat you in fantasy football. She has beaten me every year. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I'm, I'm going to also throw out uh, a top ten of when you're more interested in eating food and drinking beer than you are actually drafting your players. I think that anybody who brings basically like a stat sheet automatically out of the league. That's not true. I mean... There's, there's somebody that you know, uh, his name's Dante, who I actually made a fantasy football bet with this year because uh, he's in one of my leagues, and he brings this trapper keeper that he's had since he was like eight, and every year he takes extensive notes in this trapper keeper and brings it to the draft. Well, I made a bet with him this year that if I win a playoff game, I get to burn the trapper keeper in front of him next year at the draft. If I lose... I have to buy and wear a t-shirt that says Tom Brady sits when he pees. Quick question about the Trapper Keeper. Is it a solid color, or does he have something on it? It is a NFL logo-themed, patterned Trapper Keeper. He's out, of, he's out of the league. So he should really just be kicked out of everything anyways. Is it an official NFL logo, or did he like buy a sticker and slap the sticker on there? Uh, no, they're, they're official. Like, how much do you think he paid for it? Oh, probably four or five bucks. If he's had it for 15-plus years, I'm going to give that a pass. <laughs> Otherwise, it's it's really tough. It's really tough. Like, you could draft, but you're going to have to draft from a different table. Like, well, for instance, uh, I, I do a lot of research. Um, you know, I have, like, manila folders for each of my league with handwritten notes and stuff. I mean, I want to be prepared. You're putting, you're making an investment in this team. I feel like fantasy football is basically the same as poker. There are some people who are very good at it, but for the vast majority of people, it basically just comes down to pure luck. Well, I mean, I, I, I would just say that it's all luck. I think poker is all luck. I don't buy this bullshit of people that say it's an art or that there's skill. There is absolutely no skill to poker. Uh, do you have any more? I can't really necessarily think of any. When you go homer and you draft basically all players from your favorite team, knowing that you're going to suck, but you do it anyways. I have had five Arizona Cardinals on one of my teams before. Oh, I got I got to touch on one more thing here. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was last week I was telling, you know, we were talking about driving, and I was telling you about the parking lot showdowns and how I like to avoid confrontation, right? Yeah. I came up with this idea that I was not going to move the next situation I was in. 
You're going to get it? And I was going to say, fuck you to all the haters, right? That didn't happen. Not even close. I pansied out like a little girl. You couldn't hold on to it for one time? I couldn't even do it. And, like, my wife was in the car, and we had the spot lined up. And she's like, okay, pull in now. And <laughs> instead I waved the other person to take the spot, and I kept going. Um... I'm going to add some easy ones to the fantasy football thing. I think if you hear anyone kind of laugh when you draft somebody, that's usually a bad sign. And if you... Um, I mean, fuck them. Who makes them better than me? You know what I mean? Well, I took Michael Vick once in the first... in the first round, not realizing that he... Um, he was going through some legal entanglements at the time. Yeah, you're an idiot. I was... I wish we played together. Do you have any more fantasy football ones? I can't really think necessarily of any of them. Uh, no, I, I you know, I, I think I'm ready to move on. I do have a question of the week this week. Okay, let's hear it. That I, that I, because, you know, I've been letting people down, I feel, on the question of the week. So you have. Out of anything, I wanted to make sure that I had a good question of the week. And um, this goes to the male, uh, the, the male uh, gender, and it is... Uh, if you are a man over the age of, say, zero, should you uh, be allowed to wear a fanny pack ever? What country are you from? Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll make it the United States no. by default. No. That's a no. That's a, it's, it's a solid no. Solid no oh, all the way around. Okay. Well, I, I, I think we're, we're going to put that up on the Facebook page. I, uh, you know, doing a little bit of research. You wear fanny packs? this question. Um, it, it's a mixed bag of feelings on the fanny pack. Some people believe that they are good, uh, you know, and serve a purpose, which they can be a storage holder. That's right. Um, and other people say that uh, they are just distracting and make you look like a goddamn idiot. What are you carrying? That is appropriate for a fanny pack, not appropriate for either your backpack or your pockets. That I don't understand. Either have a backpack, like you said, you know, stuff your pockets, or just don't take that much shit. It's that easy. So obviously we didn't get very close to 10 on that top 10 signs your fantasy football team isn't going to be any good. But that doesn't matter. Because the real thing that we wanted to get at is this fantasy football promotion that we're going to start as soon as football gets going. And that's going to be, we're going to offer $50 and then go up from there, depending on how many entrants we get, for the worst team. The absolute worst performance. But you have to actually be trying. So there's going to be some rules about you have to have all of your players playing, you can't have injured guys in there, and we're going to go ahead and see who scores the least amount of points. I also want to take a moment to thank my boy Trevor Smith, who's a listener of this podcast, and as I was telling him about it and telling him that John Scholl had started to get messages from people, basically hate messages, telling him that his ideas were stupid, Trevor suggested that we more people should email John about that. And I think that that's a great idea. So if you have any kind of complaints about the show, please find John Scholl, either his email, his LinkedIn. No, don't use his LinkedIn. That's kind of professional stuff. But find him on Facebook and send him messages about why you think that he's completely wrong and breathing underwater is the dumbest superpower. If you get a chance, 
Also encourage Eric Fink. I think that he could go ahead and that he could do sports broadcasting if he just gave it a try. Even if it's just a grade school game. Even if it's me and John Scholl playing basketball, maybe we'll set up a video and Eric Fink can narrate that. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the Profoundly Pointless podcast. It really means a lot to it. We really appreciate it. If you guys can like, download, subscribe, share, all that kind of stuff. We have our website, our Facebook page, Instagram, all of that. If you want to get a hold of contact us, you have any comments about the show, even if they're bad. We honestly just like hearing them. I mean, any kind of feedback is it's, – it's, I love finding out what people think about the show. And I don't care if it's bad. If you think we suck, tell us we suck. But at least say – make it kind of creative and give us an idea why. Uh, coming up next episode, we're going to kind of continue with the, the football theme. We're going to have a professional gambler on. And we're going to maybe get some insight into what his life is like and some possible gambling tips as well. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.